The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All everybody, can you bring out the Bibles? Please, let's do something quickly. The book of Isaiah, chapter 45. The book of Isaiah, chapter 45. We are going to take the declaration of the Lordship of Jesus into the air. We'll come back to it hopefully later, but let's just start again. And remember, this is a habit I'm praying that every single one of us will learn. Wake up at night and do it. <laughs> the other time, I, all of you know, I just came back from Sukkot to this. In fact, I came back this morning. And I heard a testimony. A few weeks ago, Muslims gathered and chanted for like two days straight. You know what I said? <laughs> oh, Father God. Spiritual battle is not, is not politics, so I hope you get my point. You are not going to get land because you joined the political party. When I'm talking about land, I'm talking about the land for the Lord Jesus. You are not going to overcome because you end this a second degree. You are not going to win in life because you learned, you understand, how to connect. It is sad that many times these days, we Christians spend our time learning the ways of the world. It's like you're a pilot you are supposed to learn to fly. You are learning how to drive fast. I don't know whether you're getting my point. There's a plane. You are going to a, a, a far place. Okay, let's assume you are going from here to Meduguri. Forget the fact that you are even a pilot. Maybe you are not even a pilot. You don't know how to do anything. So they say, you go to Meduguri, there's a horse there. There's a car there. And there is a plane. And you are learning how to drive fast. I don't know whether you're getting my point. What should I have learned to do? How to fly. Now, the Lord has given us the ability to fly. We'll abandon our planes. We'll abandon our flying lessons. We will come out and start learning, taking driving lessons. And then when somebody now comes to testify, praise God. And I drove for eight hours. I was in Abuja. The people that were trekking, it took them six days. Amen? Amen. And you are so impressed. By the fact that the man drove for eight hours and got to Abuja and left those who were trekking behind. And the Lord was looking at you. We are going to Meduguriu. You are still discussing Abuja, which you made in eight hours. If you had learned to fly, one hour, 20 minutes maximum, straight flight, you will have reached where you are going. Instead of you spending all the time testifying about how you overtook those who were not good anywhere. I hope you're getting my point. That's what Christians do when we come to church on Sundays. And all we are doing is learning keys taught to us by Anthony Robbins. Because somebody gave a testimony that it works. Let me tell you the truth. What we are doing in life is fighting spiritual battles. I say it again and I'm not kidding about it. There is a spiritual battle for Nigeria at this particular point. It's a spiritual battle. And this person that wants it, that what? That will take it. And like I've taught us before over the last few weeks, that Satan knows he can't win. He cannot score to the plan of God except he gets the people of God to cooperate with him. If unbelievers cooperate with him, it's not a big deal. It's only when the people of God cooperate with Satan. Let me ask you, if all the Hittites agreed that there were giants in the land, would that have stopped the Israelites from entering? 
if all the Canaanites agreed that they were, there are giants in the land, would that have stopped Israel from entering? Answer me. If all the Egyptians agreed that there are giants in the land, would that have stopped Israel from entering? Of course not. It had to take Israel by itself to say there are giants in the land. That's not the issue. We are not able to enter. That's it. The plan of God was cut to for another 40 years. Please let me remind us again. In Nigeria of today, if you are listening to this in, in 50 years' time, and all this wahala has gone down, or you are listening to us from Malawi, it may not apply exactly this way, but the principle remains the same. Okay? So when we hear Nigeria of today, we're having issues. That's why we keep on talking about it. In Nigeria of today, the fight is between is not between headsmen and farmers. The quarrel is not between bandits and people in North Central Nigeria and Middle Belt. So the battle in the northeast of Nigeria is not between Boko Haram and the locals and Nigeria army is not. The battle in eastern Nigeria is not a POB fight and versus the federal government. It's not. The battle in um, is it Oshunwa? Where's that? Where that guy Sunday Bobo is fighting right now? Oh, yeah. It's not between headsmen and the Yoruba people there. The battle in Nigeria is between light and darkness. It's about it's between the progress of God's plan and the retardation of God's plan. Why am I talking about it? Choose the side that you are on. You can't take tribal sides. It's not allowed as a Christian. Leave the unbelievers to do that. God will work his will whichever way, if we do what is right through them. You can't take political sides. You can't take religious sides. A lot of Christians in Nigeria, they are confused. I'm sorry to say it. They take religious sides wrongly. Imagine one man died a few days ago who you all know. And one of our brothers said, if the death of a perceived man of God, he said, shouldn't affect your faith. I said, which man of God? He burst into laughter. I wrote it. I said, is this also a person? He said, oh God, I don't mention him. I said, bros, leave that thing. I said, we were never on the same side. So please don't bring his matter here. Let's keep our space both in life and in death. Don't, let's not confuse this matter. And the annoying part is, President Buhari, Nigeria had lost a great preacher. I said, oh God, why didn't you go to church? To go and find out who everybody is, and they do like they are consoling Khan. I said, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> a Christian didn't die. A man doing his show, God got tired. Why are we getting confused? You all know me. I've, I've said this for years. It's not today. It's not today. You've heard it from my mouth for nothing less than six, seven years. So this is not, um, not saying big. Many times Christians take the Christian side and they miss the God side. That's the point I'm making. They do not, this, we Christians, and they are talking about unbelievers. An unbeliever will go and represent Christians in negotiating with the federal government. And Christians are happy that Christians are now talking. They are not Christians talking. Because you want to fight for survivor. Survivor doesn't mean you won't know who's your brother, who's not your brother. The fight in this nation is not between one tribe and another. 
It's not between one political party and another. It's not about between one religion and another. Listen to me. It is about light versus darkness. So, what am I saying? Choose the side that you are on. That statement is not very, it's not a light, it's not a shallow statement. I mean, anytime you want to talk, say, am I speaking for light or am I speaking for darkness? And you are speaking for darkness every time your reaction is provoked by political allegiance, tribal allegiance, ideological allegiance. You are speaking for darkness. Listen, the things of Satan are usually reasonable to the common man. Let me say that again. The things of Satan are usually reasonable to the common man, to the common heart, the common ears, the common perspective. So that if my name is Yeshua, Joshua, whichever I want to call me, and I'm speaking to a reasonable person that I am going to be beaten and I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to die. The reasonable person will be like, Pastor, what's going on? Call my wife like, is everything all right? Has he been behaving normally recently? Why? I sound like it's a, 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 a confused person. It's pervert, like my Mudok would say, for a man to pursue pain. Why would I do that? So it's very reasonable for Peter to respond and say, Oga, nothing like this will happen to you. And the Lord Jesus answered, get behind me, Satan. Satanic talk is the most reasonable around. It's very reasonable. Make sure you have money saved before you enter this ministry. You know, they are watching out for your, for your good. Start a business. Let it be producing money for you. Then when you get into ministry, you, nobody will think you came there because of money. I've had people say that to me, and the person I have in mind till today, 32 years later, is not doing ministry. An, an exceedingly anointed teacher. 32 years later. Let me tell you something about Christianity. Now die. Can we say that in common English? That's the best English to use, really. Christianity, na die. Let's say it in English that Americans and Europeans can understand. How do you say it? Na die. That's the only thing. It's death to self. Sometimes, of course, not sometimes. Death to common reasoning. Yes, that's the way to put it. Death to common reasoning. Death to common reasoning. This is what makes sense. But most of the things that make sense is satanic counsel. Many times we sit in church and plan how to plan our future. And Jesus is saying, are these people all right? And we have a four-month financial seminar on how Christians should plan their future. Why don't people do seminars on how Christians should not worry about their future? And I don't mean theoretical like, the Bible says, don't worry. Hallelujah. Don't worry. No. What's the practical side of not worrying? How do I waste the one I have saved? <laughs> yes. They will not tell you, tell you, okay, how much do you have saved? He says about uh, 18 million. Say, so praise God. Amen. All right. Uh, you will take 10% and give to these people. Amen. You will take 10% 
and give to these other people. Amen. Which one do you go to? They tell you. You will take 10% and give in the offering basket. Then you will go to church and do this. And then you will now do. Have you ever done your birthday? Say no. Call birthday party now. Because 10% must be eaten. So how do we spend 1.8 million? How many of us are coming? Okay. Increase the value of the one you are serving. Increase the size of the meat. You understand my point? Then you are strategizing how to finish 18 million. Then when you are finished, say, what do we do next? Let's go home. Praise God. Now we don't have any cares again. If anybody called that kind of meeting, who will come? What we want is how to sow it so it can multiply. Meanwhile, Jesus says, sell all you have and give. We stylishly avoid it. Christianity, now die. It doesn't flow with reason. Why did I go into that? We should go for our weapons. Our weapons are not of the flesh. They are mighty. Somebody say mighty. mighty. That's what I want to talk about today. They are mighty. They are mighty. They are my emphasis on the fact that they are mighty. But you know what we do? We don't use them. One of the weapons of believers which the church lost for a while is this issue of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let me use the word, let me add one word. It's, it's, it's encapsulated inside some of these, but let me add it to it. Chants, psalms, hymns, declarations. Yes, it's a serious weapon we've, we've lost. In fact, there was a time where we even thought that no, can't be same, you can't be same prayers that people have written. Why not? When Jesus said, teach us to pray, he didn't say, pray using this template. He said, say. He told them, he said, say. Our Father, who art in heaven. That's why in the house now, my children will recite it. I've gone past the days of saying, it's a template. It's a template, it's still a real one. We, we will templatize it when necessary. Yes. But we'll take it literally also. Our Father, who art in heaven, almost every morning, if I'm part of the prayer in the house, which, which, which for me is a chant. It's not even like, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is written in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from doing evil. Yes, declare, declare like that. It's a prayer. It's not, it's a prayer. Psalm 23 is not just, it's not a poem. It's a weapon of war. Psalm 2 is not a prophetic uh, um, vision. It's a weapon of war. Please, let's learn it. One thing I can just assure you of is that periodically, you should, the Lord will give you a word. You write another set of prayers. Use it for a, more, for a period. A new set will come. Not like you are throwing away the old, but another set of prayers will come. Certain scriptures will get light. Just become lightened, become bolder in your eyes. That's your prayer for that season. That's your prayer for that season. See, I believe in praying in tongues. It's very important. I hope, I hope you get my point. But you know, sometimes Christians think, Pentecostals think that that is prayer. And the other ones are praying in the flesh. When the Paul said, pray in the spirit, it didn't, say, it didn't mean in the way we interpret it. When James said praying in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, the, the way he said it is not the way we are interpreting it now. 
Now, there's no way I'm saying that. There are prayers God wants you to know when he has answered. There are prayers, there are prayers we've been praying, not only here, in different places, and God is beginning to answer. Something will happen, just say, eh, was this not what we were praying about the other day? If what we did was speak in tongues, clo, 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 clo. when it happens, we will not know. We will just be, still be confused. Please let me recommend this message again. Um, where's Reverend Felix? Okay. Please remind me before we leave for me to look for it and give it to you. I'm sure the man will not mind. Anybody who books a message, add it to that collection. Aggressive prayer by direct praise. If you haven't listened to it, please go and get a prayer. Go and get, get a teaching. I've listened to it, I don't know how many times. Because I'm talking to you about it now, look for it and listen to it again today. The man said God will give you a specific Holy Ghost-inspired prayer. Usually, of course, always based on Scripture, but normally not more than a few lines, which he prayed for weeks and I think possibly months. And the Lord used it, I believe, not only his, his, but because he was going to be a teacher, the Lord made sure it was clear to him so he could help the rest of us learn. But maybe other people are along with him. The Lord used it to turn the tide of the Second World War. And let me explain something to you again. When the Bible says you pray in accordance with the will of God, that tells you something. Anytime God wills to do something, he makes it a prayer. Did you hear what I said? He gives it to us as a prayer. Anytime he wills to do something. He said, this I will let the children of Israel ask of me. I will increase their men like a flock. He wants to increase their men. Say, okay, now ask. So he wants our desires or our desire to merge, align with his will. Faith involves desire. Abraham came with a desire. What will you give me? I need something. He needed something. And God said, this is what I'm going to give you. And he believed God. Why did he ask for that initially? Was I was too big for him. It didn't feel like it could happen. And the Lord made it clear to him that it can happen. Please, I hope you are getting my point. So when God wants to, when God wills something, he makes that thing a prayer point. And it's written in heaven his will, then we pray it on the earth. So I was just trying to say our weapons, let's not forget it. Our chants is called psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It's very important. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So let's remember that, please. I said all of these to emphasize that point again. Please let everybody do this regularly. It's not a big deal. It's not as if you go and take the whole Bible, read it from beginning to the end every day. Sometimes just three verses, four verses, a small chapter of Psalm, a segment of the Psalms, somewhere like this, Isaiah chapter 45, and you read it out loud. This time around, know you are fighting. I was talking about our weapons of war. These are potent weapons. They are more potent than making political connections. They are more potent than learning business um, um, uh, principles or methods. They are more potent. Words, the word of God in our lips, on our lips, those words are alive. They are alive. They go into the bush or the bushes, different ones, and hunt down bandits. Listen, I'm not joking about that. They find kidnapped people. Yes, that word will go out and find the person and rescue the person. The world will go out and heal. It will go into the joints, the marrows, and heal a disease. 
It does what scientists will research over for 20 years. Doctors will operate on for hours. And medicine people will take for weeks. All that work, it will do it in one second. And doing the truth, if you look closer, it's about the same thing. The same genes it will remove, it will correct, rejoin, boost this, suppress this. Scientists will do it with all kinds of drugs, with plenty side effects. The word is alive. They're going, boom! Do it in half of half of a fraction of a second. Because it's so fast, we call it what? A miracle. Sometimes it's not so fast, it draws over like a day or two or three. Still much quicker than the doctor would do it. And we'll call it a healing. I hope you're getting my point. If that word is real life, why don't we use it more often? Why don't we use it more frequently? When a part of your body is ill and you need healing for it, find the scriptures, write them out, compose them into declarations. And take your medicine. Do you hear what I said? And do what? My son, attend to my words. For they are life to those who find them. And what? Medicine. Literal Hebrew, sorry, is medicine. Most Bible use the word health. But the literal Hebrew says medicine to their flesh. That's what I mean when I say take your medicine. That's what I mean when I say take your medicine. Take it regularly. You know, has it happened to you before? Of course, many of us men here, even women. Maybe you're playing football, you fall. Or whatever you are doing, you fall. You bruise your ankle, your knee, your muscle sprains. Then they will now be rubbing it with something hot. You know, this, those, uh, those bounds. You know, this would really put pepper inside. That heat you are feeling. Sometimes it's real pepper. I'm not joking. They literally take pepper, blend it, add it to the formulation. <laughs> Say, man, this one is very powerful. Why? You are feeling the pepper. When they want to put this in the ingredients, they won't write pepper. They will write uh, uh, tutulantus <laughs> metalentes. <laughs> you are getting my point. They give you the, bo- bo- the botanical name. You will never suspect. That is that one you used to cook vegetable soup. <laughs> But you know the way they do it. They rub, you'll be rubbing it regularly. Sometimes that's what you need to do. Take that word and rub it. Now, I want to say something. Please don't get me wrong what I'm about to say. Please, I know sometimes when you get into this kind of things, Christians sometimes misunderstand you. Please do not misunderstand me. There's what I call, I learned it from, I think, um, Avanzini does this, faith extenders. Faith extenders are not objects in themselves. I mean, like, they are not things you focus on. They just help you. All right? To... You know, like the recluse, he said those days, he used to take his medicine after food. So he eat three times a day and confess those scriptures three times a day. The Bible doesn't say he should do it after food. He did say so. He just decided that it's medicine. So let me take it the way we normally take medicine. In the same manner, so what I want to say, so don't get carried away, because people sometimes they get carried away. All right? There are times you literally put a glass of water down and read the scripture into it and then drink. I'm not saying that is the key to divine healing. I hope you're getting my point. Just one way you can apply it. That's what I'm saying. I've said it now. So I will not say, eh. <laughs> no, the truth, it will work if you do what I'm saying. Once your focus is on the scripture, you're just in that water as a faith extender. Do you follow my point? Just like you can anoint yourself with oil, or somebody can anoint you with oil. You think power is inside the Ororo? No, the power is not in the Ororo now. 
One of the advantages of oil is that you can take it home. But you can't take the hands laid on you home. So if you, say, so if you take the oil and put it upon and repeat it, it's not the oil, I hope you're getting my point. It's a faith in the laying on of hands to impart the power of God of the elders. It's faith in the word of God. That's the emphasis. So please don't, don't say Pastor Banky is now selling uh, water. Those who they sell water, they, they see strong you know. Apostle, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do that. Sometimes you literally, you read it into oil. And used to massage the area in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I don't care, it can be kidneys as deep inside though. I hope you know, Roro, you put on the skin, does not touch the kidney. But you may even think your kidneys, kidneys are here because maybe they confused you. And as you are rubbing it here, you are getting healed down there. I only know it's here because I have some knowledge. Are you getting my point? Many people know that it's down here. But some people are confused. They think that uh, the kidney is somewhere here. So, you know, if you thought so, and somebody say your kidneys are not good, and you put your hand there, and you are rubbing the road there every day, and you are confirming the scripture, the Lord said, don't mind you. Just heal him where the right thing is. <laughs> The Lord is good. What am I saying? We have weapons that we often neglect. And that's what I'm encouraging us. Pick them up again. Put this, pick these weapons up again. Let's ask for those who have finally sat down. Okay? Alright, Isaiah chapter 45. So when we start to teach, I'd like to declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the supremacy of God the Father, into the air around us. I want us to just read from verse 5. So verse 7, that's good enough for this morning. Okay, now, we read 5 to 7, all right? And 12, four verses. Isaiah chapter 45. All right, the Lord is good. If you are there, say amen. amen. So we are doing 5 to 7 now. One to let's go. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. Sorry, let's start again. I'm going to say, thus says the Lord. Then we we'll begin to declare this. Are you getting my point? All right. Now, one to let's go. Thus says the Lord, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I will guide you, though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. The one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all this. Verse 12. It is I who made the earth and created man on it. I stretched out the heavens with my hands and I ordained all their hosts. Now listen to this. I'm really jumping down now to verse 22. Thus says the Lord, turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself. The word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. I have sworn that to me every knee we bow, every tongue we swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Men will come to him, and all who are angry at him will be put to shame. In the Lord, all the offspring of Israel will be justified and with glory. Let's read from 22 to 25 together. One, two, let's go. Thus says the Lord, turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness, and will not turn back. That to me every knee will bow, every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me, 
Only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Men will come to him, and all who are angry at him will be put to shame. Verse 25. In the Lord, all the offspring of Israel will be justified and will glory. So, Lord, we believe these words and we say amen to them in the name of Jesus. We declare to the whole earth, turn to the Lord and be saved. Because Jesus is Lord and there is none other. The word has gone forth from his mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. He has sworn that to him every knee will bow and every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. Men will come to him, but all who are angry with him will be put to shame. Kiss the son, he says, lest he be angry and you perish out of the way. He said, O kings, be wise, show discernment. O judges of the earth, he says, show discernment. Rejoice with trembling. Serve the Lord with, uh, how do you say it again? Anyway, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Don't forget that. Let me say, add this one to it. All the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thus says the Lord. Everybody listen to this. Everyone who does not kiss the sun is coming down. Please, I didn't just say those who are not Christians, but they are Christians that are kissing something else. I hope you are getting my point. The Lord will declare in this generation that indeed he is Lord. African countries have done well to resist this LGBT agenda. It's not about marriage. It's not about equality. It's a satanic advancement against the gospel. You know what? Every... (laughs) Every African, see, be careful when you are following people. Every African nation that follows the Europeans in their nonsense, they are going down fast. It's not really a prayer, so if you like, say say amen. It's a warning for them. Be careful you follow. Some people have been set up eh, as temptations. You know the kind of nonsense, please sit down. You know the kind of nonsense that Christians say sometimes. Japanese don't pray, yet they prosper. The Chinese don't go to church. Look at how the economy grew. David says, not only you, me too, I checked it at the time. <laughs> he said, you think you have seen something that is new? Me too, I've seen it before. If I made me run to the temple to go and pray, then I beheld their end. God is the God of the end. There's an end. All the Japanese that don't pray, we go to hellfire. So let's not, uh, we're talking about this earth as if it's a, this life is about uh, development, manufacturing of cars and computers. Uh, let me tell you something you did not know before. Well, actually, you knew it. Every car will be burnt. Ah, you want to keep your own car aside, that's your old Camry. Every car will be burnt with fire. Everyone, everyone, they will melt. Even the new Teslas, it's not just um, your old Corolla I'm talking about. Latest Teslas, innocent, all of them, they are going to literal hell. They will melt. It's clear that some things, God said, once again, I shake the heavens and the earth. Now, the things that can be shaken will shake. Only the things that endure will remain. Cars can be shaken. You will now say that these people have built things that, that last on this earth. It's on this earth. There's a kind of talk. Hmm? You hear unbelievers talk. You just laugh. When you hear Christians say them, you get angry. 
Christians will go to Satan. They will kneel down. He will anoint them. They will come out. They will not get them and be talking nonsense. And the problem in this country is that we pray too much. How can that be the problem? Is that the thing we do most in this country? The main thing, the problem in this country is that we grumble too much. Grumbling has power. I hope you know grumbling is the exact opposite of praying. It's the exact opposite of praying. See, grumbling has more power than kneeling down before Satan. I'm not kidding. No. Grumbling has more destructive power than kneeling down before Satan and say, hey, destroy. If it, for a number of reasons. Number one, it's Christians that grumble. And they don't kneel before Satan. All people kneeling down before Satan, God is not listening to them. Grumbling has power. Grumbling is Grumbling kills. Grumbling destroys. Let me say it again. Grumbling kills. Let me just warn you, in case you have not been warned before, and warn me too. Before I go on, grumblers have reasons. So. I hope you know every grumbler has a reason. Every grumbler has a reason but does not make it excusable before the Lord. Assuming you are a man, you have a wife, you have children, and they just want plate of rice and half piece of fish. No, no, I don't mean half a whole salmon. I mean, they've already caught it. You know the way we slice fish into tablets? <laughs> you now take one of those tablets, and that's the only thing available for a man, his wife, and three children. I hope you know that's good reason to complain. I hope you know that. You know, we're talking about humanly speaking before. That is before man. Humanly speaking, it's a very good reason to complain. But let me just tell you now. If you complain, you still die for it. Thanksgiving is Christian discipline for survival. You will sit down there and look at the food and say, children, let us thank God. Let me see, you know what destroys people? Which kind of country are we living in? Just by for your information. For you to grumble against God, you don't have to mention his name. To grumble against God, you do not need to mention his name before he says against me. Israel didn't use to mention his name. They used to mention the name of Moses. <laughs> they never used to mention Moses. They used to say Buhari. They, didn't, they used to say God. They just used to say Buhari. They didn't used to say uh, God. They used to say these white people. They plundered the continent. They didn't have to say God. Whether you mention his name or not, especially when you're a believer, he takes your whining as against him. The discipline of believers, don't ever whine. Don't ever grumble. Don't ever whine. Don't ever grumble. You can get angry. Oh. Are you getting my point? Lord, right now I'm not happy, but I will thank you. You know, this convention I just came back from Sokoto. One of the preachers, Dr. Fagwemi, said something there. I almost jumped through the roof. He was describing the faithfulness and the righteousness of God. He said people make war out of anger, out of fighting for their rights. He said God makes war in righteousness alone. Ah, that's in Revelation. I was going for Revelation there. That he makes wars in righteousness. That he's so righteous that if he kills you, you tell him thank you. That that's how deeply righteous God is. He takes a knife and stabs you like this. You look in his face and say, Lord, thank you. 
I deserved to die. Don't grumble. Lie, lie. That rice I was telling you about, if you whine about it, it's the last rice you will see. What are you supposed to do? Children, let's thank God and laugh. Half rice is better than none. Half fish is better than none. Let's thank the Lord. And it's not, it's not bribery. You know, there's another thing we have re- usually preached to bribe God with thanksgiving. No, it's not bribery. Just tell the children, you eat first. Well, the rest of you eat. Are you not going to eat? No, I think I, I just spirit upon me to pray. It's not the lie. Thanksgiving is prayer. Let them eat. You go and lie down and give the Lord thanks. That Lord, thank you. And my family, at least they got something to eat today. And you're not joking. And as for my own personal hunger, thank you. You know why? Because he's very righteous. He's very righteous. He's very, very, very righteous. We never complain. I just feel like dropping that wine. A lot of people grumble. Grumbling is a sin. It wrecks things more than worshipping Satan directly. Grumbling is an insult against the Lord. I said grumblers have reasons. I hope you know that. I said earlier. So the fact that you have a reason is not an excuse. Thanksgiving is a personal discipline that every believer must have. You look at whatever it is in the midst of the adversity, in the midst of the lack, in the midst of the trouble. Look at the Lord and say, Lord, I just want to say thank you because you are all together righteous. I want to say thank you because you are all together faithful. I want to say thank you because you are the God of an end. There is an end. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. And you leave it there. What is he working out? Don't worry about it. That's his problem. I always say, you know, the Lord has some problems. When I say problems now, I don't mean that it's difficult for me. It's his own issue. Life has been shared out. Everybody has their own assignment. How to work out your, in fact, your destiny is his problem. How to work it out is his problem. Your own problem is faithfulness for today. Thanksgiving for today. That's all. What is, look, let's not think that if I just thank God like that, tomorrow I'll be the prime minister in Egypt. So I'm going thank God like that, and tomorrow they were the dirt of Egypt. They were dead. They were buried. It has not removed the faithfulness of God. I'm going to make you see something and make you laugh. Say so he has prayed for people before on this healing line. They died there. And he ignored them and prayed for the next person. <laughs> so will I start praying for, I will not stop praying for the sick because you died. He said, he said, they have laid corpses on this. That is, he's praying. They brought him for prayer. Adai has prayed for the person before he prayed for the person died. They laid the body there. He looked, he, he continued praying for the other people. Then when the meeting was over, they carried that person and went and buried. So don't think that at the end of the day, praise God. They even not got up and jumped. Hallelujah. Nothing. Why did that happen? He said he doesn't know. Is he everything that he knows? Said tomorrow we call another healing meeting. He will still lay hands on people, and people will still get healed. What am I to say? So let's not use thanksgiving and no grumbling as bribery. It is the thing we do. I hope you're getting my point. Now, having said that, the Lord will supply all your needs. He will. Talk to him directly. Ask him about it. Don't complain. When Jonah first prayed, you know, you know what happened to Jonah. You know the story. Disobedience. Visa, travel, on the boat, ocean, you know the way it is. 
visa and ticket. You know, it depends where you are going. If you are going within your country, you don't need a visa. They entered into the boat, into the waters, and then he fell to the bottom of the water, according to David Paulson, and died. I don't say that. I really cannot prove that. But one thing he said, as he was going down, he began to pray. He couldn't open his mouth. But the prayer would have come out of his mouth if he had a mouth to open. But inside the water, <laughs> keep that mouth shut. <laughs> he couldn't open. But in, that, in the few minutes, it took him to drown. It doesn't take so long to drown, really. Even if you're an expert swimmer, I don't know how long you're going to keep it. And he was a prophet. He was not a swimmer. You know, some of was not an athlete. He was a prophet. <laughs> so the guy went to the bottom, and he prayed. Do you know, while he was at the bottom of the ocean, you know, you know the way we used to think about it when I was young? The fish was waiting. Where's Jonah? As he entered the water, boom, into the mouth of the fish. Not lie. He went to the bottom of the ocean. The fish was patrolling. So what is this? This looks large. Carried his mouth. Picked up a virtually dead man. And the Lord revived him in the belly of the fish. Now this is where I'm going. And then he began to give thanks. That's where I was going. I hope you know that um, in the belly of the fish, there's LED bulbs. And blanket. And there's a nice bed in the belly of the fish. You know that spring. American spring, you know, correct gauge with Egyptian cotton lining. I hope you know. In the belly of the fish, LED, you can see everything clearly. You can, you can take your Bible to the belly of the fish. I'm reading it there. The LED bulbs work. Now, I hope you notice the amount of nonsense I've just spoke. Of course, it was in darkness. That's the point I'm making. That was not where he wanted to be. But you know what he did? He gave thanks. What many people do at that point in time is to start grumbling. God, I prayed for deliverance. Is this what you call deliverance? Is this the change we prayed for, we voted for? You know the way human beings do? Human beings, they crazy. Honestly, human beings are so mad that, eh? I, because of them, have learned the patience of God. Because if God gave me power to be God, just 24 hours, when he comes back, Ah, no, no, they, they don't finish. I just sent my angels out. They say, if anybody frown today, kill. If I, and really, you know, take a nation like ours right now, eh? Human beings, like a classmate of mine, we say, we chat behind the back. Say, with this kind of negativism, it's impossible for a good man in power to do right. That they fill the air with so much negative. If God gave me power for 24 hours to kill and to make alive, I will help him cleanse the earth before he comes back. In the process, I, I won't even know when I kill myself. You don't know what I'm not finished killing myself. I said, Lord, Lord, sorry, sorry. I don't think. The other day I was thinking about the power of God. I said, if God just said, okay, let me give you all the power of, that Jesus Christ had. Do you know the same power that Jesus had to do everything? I said, no, 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 wait, wait. Remove this one. Because I don't, <laughs> like he said, turn stones to bread. No, I don't want to have that power. Oh, because this kind is unnecessary temptation. Because, <laughs> call far down from heaven. No, 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 no. Because I will wipe out cities. If you allow me, I guess, Lord, fire from heaven, please remove that one. Turn stones to bread, remove that one. The number of powers I was just saying to remove. 
Just for safety reasons. Because if he left them with me, when he comes back, he said, Banky. I said, Lord, I couldn't stand there grumbling. Human beings are bad. God will bless them, bless them. You know, God will give them food. He will give them water. He will give them on a good plate and a good dining. And they put the rice in their mouth. Do you like that garlic? That's the first thing they will say. Who cooked this food? Is he an Indian? Why is there so much garlic in it? The doctor says I should watch my blood pressure. Why does he have so much salt? This is somebody who has not eaten for two days. Old. He said, no, he said, that this is one thing I like about rice that you see when you go to, when you, when you go to, um, uh, uh, Monrovia. That when Liberia, the rice, he's discussing, God just looking at him like this. They give him water. No, now, this one is kind of too cold. I want it a bit, um, you mean? Must you keep the water in the fridge for so long? I don't get, the hospitality in this hospital, in this uh, hotel is bad. I don't get them at all. By the time the person is done, God said, don't worry. Maybe you come back next time. Don't worry. Let me tell you, why am I talking like this today? I think there are some people, some expert grumblers in the house. Yes, yeah, they came for meeting this evening. And maybe they are watching us online. As, as for those of you who have no other job but grumble against the federal government, you have one more week to stop. Yes, before your ability to prosper within this confine is removed permanently. Don't think I'm kidding. Better wake up every day and give thanks for any, just find something to give. Just park sand in front of your house. Father, I thank you for these grains. Thank you for these grains. Thank you for this grain. Find something, I'm telling you. Chase cobwebs. Say, Lord, thank you for cob, look for something. You have one week. This nonsense. Some people will cross into adults who will grumble. After a while, God is tired of them. My spirit will not always strive with man. We leave them and they become grumblers. Neither momo ye. You know, we preached about that some time ago. And some of them momo and they were destroyed of the destroyer. Listen, we have, we must have this, this habit of thanksgiving, of worship, of declaring the word of God into the air. How did I get into the grumbling thing? I don't even know exactly again. But I just know that one's a spiritual, it's an instruction for somebody. I've not finished. Just realize I've not finished. There's something I said before, I have to say it again. You don't have to mention God's name. It can be your children's name you are mentioning, it's still grumbling against God. It can be your husband's name you are mentioning, it's still grumbling against God. It can even be your wife's name. As for your country's name, that is number one grumbling against God I have seen around. Head of state's name. Those are the things you will mention. So don't think you are not a grumbler. I was in a chat group once of professionals. I left at 4 a.m. I'm just wondering why 4 a.m. Because I called another of my colleagues and I said, well, how do you, how do you stand these people? He said, no, I'm not in the group. I said, you're not in the chat group. He said, no. I said, what do I do? He said, leave now. So me and him plotted when to leave, when nobody will notice. So that day I deliberately woke up early just to leave. They woke, <laughs> they woke up in the morning, they saw it, Banky left. And I never went back. Before I left, I gave them the testimony of God. They woke up in the morning. They had, one of them had a funny name for the president. Total insult. 
That's the only name he called the head of state morning, afternoon, and night. He complained about his status, how he's not. Now, almost all of them, they either own one house, two houses, three houses, or are building one. Oh, yes, and they could afford it. Not one of them that didn't have a decent car, unless they didn't want one. So I said to them, I said, I hope you know, in the society we will live in, you are amongst the most comfortable. And God has never gotten a word of thanksgiving on this platform. The chief culprit. He said, God knows I, I am thankful in my heart. I said, he doesn't know it. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This one we are reading here is what God also knows. Let's not fool ourselves. Ah, it was every day I was fighting. Of course, they're all doctors, so they understood what I said next. I said, being a member of this group is a cause of depression. They all know that everything has a cause. So I told them, I said, being in this your group is how to be depressed. And let me describe something to you about depression if you did not know it. Depression is inability to see straight. Inability to discern what is going on. If you are depressed, you can't cross the road properly. Not a joke. You will make wrong judgments. God will see. They will give you opportunities for prosperity like this. You will not be able to identify it. You will come out in the morning. The sun will be shining bright. And you will be feeling cold. I'm telling you the truth. Inside a hot sun. You go out, you wear a sweater. And people will be asking you, ah, bros, are you under the same climate? And you'll be trying to persuade them that the sun is not working. Nothing is working in this universe. That yesterday you checked for the moon, the moon was not there. And your friend said, please, there was full moon six, seven days ago. The moon can't still be there. So why, why can't the moon be there every time? You will complain about everything. Oh, just by the way, the spirit of depression, it brings all kinds of sicknesses with it. Let me drop something again for you. Spiritual, don't let demons hang around you too much. They like to take guests. They are very lonely. If you have a spirit of depression, after a while, it will open the door for spirit of migraine. You will enjoy the company so much, spirit of migraine will, have, will, have, will open the door for spirit of fainting. Then that spirit of depression will open the door again. Spirit of heart failure will come in. Then one day you see another spirit will say, man, guys, they cast me out from one powerful, I go on crusade. I was killing one woman, destroying the kidneys, destroying the liver. Say, so what? Do I have space? Say, so we have space here. Spirit of depression has a big door open for the next person. You will come in. Next thing, kidney no go work, liver no go work. The spirit, no spirit that will not enter. Waste. So I pay medicine, money, every up and down. Go all kinds of hospitals. When you finish all the hospitals in Nigeria, the spirit, why don't you go to India? You go to India, you finish your money there. You sell your land. Say, these Indians are not as good as uh, Americans. Go to America, sell your house. This sounds funny. Is this as, <laughs> these are spiritual. And you know what began it? Spirit of depression. Then when they have finished everything, then the last spirit will now come in. Spirit of depression will give space to that one to enter. It's called spirit of death. Now kill the person. Do not look and say, case closed. Next case. They start prowling around again, looking for who they can jump into. Those spirits, they are always eager to jump into somebody. Except they are stupid parasites, you know. <laughs> They would destroy their host. Yeah, they do. 
Don't let demons hang around you. Don't let depression hang around you. There's one lady I knew once. I asked after her recently. She said, I don't know she has cancer. I said, she don't get cancer. I said, you know what I said? I said, at last. You see what I said? You ask her, you say, oh, where's Sister Eve? Or um, Madam Eve? I, don't just give, I just gave Eve the name of the first woman. So nobody can say, why are you talking about me? As I, you say, you've, the same, you've not heard? I said, no, I didn't hear. I've not seen Madam Eve in a long time. He said, Madam Eve has traveled, been treated for cancer. I said, eh, at last. That was what I said. I said, at last. He said, Pastor Bank, why did you say at last? Because I had told the same person before. I said, the way you are going about, you're just begging for sickness. Years ago, I told this individual. In fact, I told her, I said, which one do you go? He said, I'm a Catholic. I said, ah, wait, Catholic is no go work this one. He said, why? I said, you need to go to Winner's Chapel. Not for the word they are preaching, but for the dig they dig on Sunday mornings. You know dig? Okay, bubble. Ah, these people are looking confused. What's going on here? <laughs> the jam. Thank you. You know what they call jam? You never go Winner's son, son, Sunday service? Luwe, luwe, luwe. Luwe, luwe, luwe. You never go. You, 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 you never go there before. One day I go with winners for Enugu here. Those early days. I still remember one girl. I saw a carry handkerchief. I didn't look at it. And the pastor was number one. The pastor and I said, hmm, praise God. This praise this morning didn't have enough time. So we are gathering by five. I said, oh, more. He said, we are gathering by five. He said, you will come with your dancing shoes. Bring your handkerchief. Then he now had two musicians. They first performed like five, five minutes each. They will be here this evening. Oh, glory. I look, I said, now wow. I said, everybody in this church must be healed because you can't dance like that. <laughs> so I told this lady, I said, which church do you go? say, I'm a Catholic. I said, ah, this kind of situation. I said, let's do it like this. Go for 5 a.m. mass. You finish that one by, is it 6.30? Now go for first service in winners. I said, trust me, this is your sickness will vanish. When I say you go, when I see her today, I said, ah, what's the problem? Uh, my stomach is paining me. I went to see the doctor. They said I have this. I looked at her, I said, you don't have anything. I said, stop all this when you are breathing like you want to die. Nothing is wrong with you. Then she will do all the tests, so they will now confirm what I said, that there's nothing wrong. There was a time I saw her. She showed me one report, and they said, maybe she has this kind of cancer. I said, you've started again. They did all the tests around she didn't have. I said, can you just leave this thing? I said, I'm not, I know you're a Catholic. God bless you for your Catholicism. I said, but 5 a.m. mass is good. Then after that, go for first service. I told her the description of winner. I said, no, go. He said, why? Well, I said, so that you will dance away this your depression. You can't be depressed and be, I'm going in the morning and be, and be, you know, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up. You will get more depressed. <laughs> when you are depressed, you wear canvas, go to church, get ready. Eh? 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 <laughs> <laughs> But the time, I know what I'm telling you. 
I never asked her the lady recently. I said, I saw this person. Oh, they said, no, now she has gotten breast cancer. Oh, I said, oh, at last. She made it. No, and I wasn't joking. Because this question I'm telling you, we had it maybe like 10, 12 years ago. I said, oh, at last. I, they said, ah, why did you say that? I said, she's been looking for you for a long time. Everything I've told you, honestly, is true. I may have missed a few fine details, but every, this, the person I, is, is, is somebody I know well. I said, oh, at last. Let me tell you, if you are not feeling happy, just, you know, Saturday, just go out. Look for any way. It's not concern you. Just drag chairs down for the wedding. When they say bride is coming in, just join them. Just follow them. <laughs> the Lord is good. Satan knows that there's nothing he can do. So, he walks through the people of God to achieve his aim. You come and deceive you, confuse you. You are the poorest person on this earth. I'm telling you. You know, okay, let, me not, let me not start political talk now. Okay, let me know I'll say this one. Like, I live in Enugu, right? Like, I, in Sokoto, when I'll be talking with them, I just came back from Sokoto this morning. I, I always tell them, say, listen, that I, I live in Enugu, so I know the problems of people around here. So I keep on telling them that. So I'm not saying this is the worst set of people in Nigeria, but this is where I live. So this is why I'll give it, you know, you understand? One of the things I want to say to bishops and men of God in eastern Nigeria, that God will hold all of them responsible for the disturbance going on around here now. I hope they are listening to this. Please tell any bishop, any big pastor that's, that's in eastern Nigeria now, especially who is an indigenous, you get my point? All right. Of these eastern states, that the Lord we hold him or her responsible for the things going on around. Every young man that gets killed in Imo State, God will ask the blood from their hands. Every policeman that gets shot by unknown gunmen, God will ask every drop of blood. God is gathering it and say, bishops, pastors, there shall be a reckoning. Mark my words, I'm not joking. If you like, cut this one, clip it, and fold it around the WhatsApp. I'll say it again. This is Eastern Nigeria. I have the wo- I, listen, the voice of God utters right now. I don't say such things lightly. If you're a church leader in Eastern Nigeria, you bear titles like bishop, you're a big pastor, and especially if your natural origin is from here. I won't go into, into, into more details. Because you better go and get ready. And bring forth for me your defense. Because for every drop of blood that's been shed in Nemo State right now, either of the people there or the security men, I'm going to ask you for every single one. I have my reasons. You say, Pastor, why bishops? Because Kingsley and I used to talk those days. You say, Pastor, what's the solution to all these problems? We started years ago. I say it's the church. It's the clergy. When we say it's the church, it's actually the clergy. It's not the every, it's not every Tom, Dick, and Harry in church. It's the people that God has given this platform. People has given a voice. People that a thousand people will gather on a Sunday and they will open their hearts and say, speak to us. 
You were supposed to give them a word of healing. But you give them a word of anger. And that spirit has drawn a lot of nonsense in. I don't want to say much more than that. Just look. He said, Pastor Bank, what should we do? Go and pray and say, God, how have I offended? And he will let you know. And if you want to know, call me. I will, I will let you know how you have offended. And, it, and there's no repentance in secret. This one. You will go back and unpreach all the nonsense you have preached. And then start preaching the truth that God raised you for. See, let me say something to you. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He wasn't joking. Without me, the whole world is in darkness. That's what he was saying. Then he turned to his disciples and said, Ye are the light of the world. You know what that means? Without his disciples, the whole world is in darkness. That is, when people are in confusion, when they are in darkness, the word they need is in the mouth of my disciples. The light, like I said, I live in Enugu. That's why I can say this. I don't know the problem they have in Benue. I read in the newspapers, but I don't live there. I don't know the problems they have in or your state. I read in the newspapers, I don't live there. You know the truth? I don't even know the problem they have in my native state, on those states. I don't even know. I read in the papers, probably don't know. I have lived away from there for virtually, as of today, most of my life. But once I entered university, I entered University of Benin. Of course, I was a medical student, so you can understand we're in school almost all the time. All right? So, the time I spent that way was Lagos. And Lagos, which country is Lagos in? Please, I don't even know. <laughs> the Lord is good. So, I don't know what's going on in all those places. That's what I'm going to say. say. You may say, ah, but you're from here. I'm not really from anywhere you can point to. Check where I've lived for a very long. I've lived in Enugu now, like play, like play, 21 years. Yes, 21 years. I came in September the year 2000. Right now, this is June 2021. So give me a few more months. I'll do my 21st anniversary of living in Enugu. I'll be here. No, no, I, have a, I should be an Ichie of some sort. Are you getting my point? Give me a title. Ichie. I'm telling you. Ichie Guru Guru. Are you getting my point? I want to get a title. So that is why I can talk to issues going on around here. And I'm saying it again. If you're a bishop, a big minister, there are people around here. Even if they are out of here, maybe they're in Lagos. Once they listen to you, God is holding you responsible. Why? You didn't tell them the healing word. You didn't teach them the saving word. And that was exploding in crisis. Yes, that's what is exploding in crisis. Where young men are wasting their lives. There are times people make decisions. You look and say, you are not normal. That even if you win this fight, you will have lost it all. You know, like somebody said that some of these boys, if you give them dynamite, they will blow up the nature bridge. Yes. And you ask them why. And they won't. They will say, no, no. That they don't want. Do you know how much it costs to build a bridge? <laughs> they, they, they are not even thinking. It's demon possession. You know, I don't want to get into it. It's demonic operations. That's how, it, that's how it works. Demonic. 
Sometimes I just look at what is going on. You know, the Bible says anger lies in the bosom of fools. So I tried, I don't get angry too much because I know it's a spiritual problem. I know who God is going to ask for. God is not going to worry and say, what, what, what are you doing? Huh? He won't ask him. He won't go to the governor of Enugu State. He won't go to the governor of Imo State. He won't go to the governor of Ebony. Uh, Which party is he in again now? APC. He's not going to ask any of the governors around. When he arrives, he's going to church. He's going to knock. Bishop, sit down. And he'll be a reporter. When Jesus wants to catch you, he knows how to catch you. He will come and give you the opportunity to say everything that's in your heart. You won't know he's recording it. The last time I say he enters Keke, he just enters Keke you to shift. Say, my brother, what's going on in this country? Say, nothing. <laughs> nothing. The whole country is useless. A young man can never make it. In fact, I'd rather drown in the Mediterranean trying to get to Europe than stay in this rubbish country. This zoo. You know, Jesus will be writing everything down. After some time, he will stop. Let me come down. Say, bros, thank you. Thank you, sir. I don't mind the country. Rubbish country. You just sign the way you're destined. The only way you go anywhere in this life is that Mediterranean. And you will actually drown there. You said so. You were the one that told him. Yes, I didn't know he was the one. So when he wants to catch some of these bishops, he will buy reporter tag. He says he's reporting for TVC. Is that not that, that television that everybody's watching now? Arise, eh? Uh-huh. Say hello, sir. Sit down. Let me tell you something about Jesus Christ. I hope you know, you know he's not white. He's not black. He's not an Arab. Not a Jew. He's not a Jew. The Jesus Christ of that time may have been. But the Jesus of today is a chameleon. When he comes into your office, it will be black. His hair will look like mine. No hair. <laughs> You're expecting that one. That one is in. That one, there's, uh, what's it called? Uh, not what's it called, that guy? Mel Gibson. That's Mel Gibson. The real Jesus, once he draws the chair and sits down, he's a reporter. He looks like your neighbor. You say, what? Which one? Which Okechukwu is your own? That's what you'll be asking him. See, that's why my name was Okechukwu. I say, okay, you look like my neighbor Okechukwu. You look like Okechukwu. That guy you knew from your village near um, um, MBC, that second road. You know, after that, uh, uh, the, the, the DBS junction now. Once you go, <laughs> you will think he's somebody you know. He planned it like that. No, he said, Pastor Michael, go and read that account in Luke 24. They saw him, talked with him, he talked to them, and they didn't understand. And later on, we'll talk about it. Maybe if God allows us one day. That resurrection body is, the perception of it is spiritual, it's not physical. I finally realized why Jesus didn't bother to, you know, before he said, why didn't he just rise up where everybody can see? He said, even if I did, they won't recognize if Jesus rose up from the dead where everybody could see him, they wouldn't recognize him. So he will sit down like a reporter and say, Bishop, what do you think is going on? This burning of Twitter by the federal government, what's your comment? 
This is the kind of oppressive regime we are living in. You go talk, 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 finish. Then from there, you go to one side, talk about tribalism, talk about racism, talk about nepotism, marginalization, and that Nigerians are tired of it, and the youth must arise. You understand? It has to be quality. You talk, talk, talk. You know what Jesus is looking for? His name. In this, your talk. His lordship. In this, your long talk. The key to salvation. In this, your tirade. That's what... Look, you've been talking, talking, all these vituperations from your mouth. Where is my name? Where is, where did you say it is he that called upon the name of the Lord that will be saved? You know, I suppose, what do you think is the way forward? We need a referendum. There has to be a referendum. No country moves forward without a referendum. And Jesus said, eh, is that so? So when did China have a referendum? He said, no, we're not talking China here. So, okay, I, I thought he said no country. Okay. He will say, okay. Now, is there any other way by which we can, is it possible to have the two, the different races in Nigeria work together? It's not possible. It's not possible. Didn't you notice? If, I mean, if I left here now and started a church in the north, it will not grow. So what do you think? No, everybody has to go his way. See, the Igbo man is an Igbo man. The Yoruba man is an, the Gala man is an Gala man. They have, they are different. You know, you discuss just say, okay, so is there any possibility they can all be one? No, it doesn't work in this country. You talk, talk. Thank you very much. Then when he goes, he tells the angels. Then when Jesus does angels like this for you, I'm going to ask the man, Gomorrah. That's what he does. Just say that guy, nonsense guy. May the Lord not call you nonsense. Amen. I know what I'm telling you. You just look, say, rubbish human being. The angels will come and do you strong things. Many people have given interviews to Jesus Christ. They thought they were talking to a reporter. He want, you know why he, he said, let me tell you, they saw the Bible called the demonstration of his righteousness. He said, because what I'm going to do to this fellow, people will say I'm wicked. So let him open his mouth and condemn himself. When he finished talking, he will, take, he will give the angels. The angels will read the interview. He said, Lord, when did you interview Satan? He said, it looks like Satan, eh? He said, Lord, I, I, this is Satan talking. They will read the whole interview. Your name is conspicuously missing. The Lord will say, I noticed. There's no hope of salvation anywhere. No. And the fact that people are reconciled in Christ. He didn't say it. No. Ah. And Lord, are you sure it's not Satan you interviewed? He says it's one of his agents. The Lord is good. Christians, you understand something. We literally are the hope of the world. I look at our nation like this. Please, I'll get to my message in a moment. I'm just, just preamble. All right? I look at our nation like this sometimes. You know, like I've told you before, as days pass, the more I'm convinced that there is no other name given under heaven by which men can be saved. The more I'm convinced that there's no other name given under heaven by which men can be saved. And when we use the word saved, we tend to narrow it to just salvation of, you know, spirit and then eternal, you know. No, there's no other name given under earth, under heavens, by which men can be delivered from God's judgment. That's part of it. By which races can be united. You know what happened the other day? I told you every knee we bow, every tongue we swear, we swear allegiance. They will say of the Lord, 
Only in the law is righteous, uh, righteousness and strength. When Barack Obama became American president, I remember what a lot of people said, even me, I preached a message on it, which I quickly withdrew. You know, that I finished preaching message, you are so ashamed of yourself, you go and remove it. You won't find it on our website. The, the day, I think it was, the election result was announced, I think, on Friday or Saturday. But the immediate, the Saturday after, I opened my mouth. Well, there was a reason for it, not as if I'm a bad person, alright? I'm a nice guy, really. I really want to preach the truth of the Lord. It's just that when a uh, boy began misbehave, like a person will smoke. That's when I realized that, no, let me remove his name from my messages. It was, it represented something I've been preaching a few months before. Do you understand? Now what I want to bring out is this. When that happened, my friend in the U.S. said, now, the black people in America will not have an excuse. I remember, was it Spike Lee? Spike Lee made a statement. I think Spike Lee, he said, my mother is watching this at home that her grandmother was born a slave. There was so much hope. Then, uh, what's the name of the PDD? Sean, Com- Sean Combs. Uh-huh. He said that, now I can tell my son he can be president. This woman, Oprah Winfrey, was beside herself. She couldn't believe. She was screaming. She was the one that actually introduced him to America. You understand? So there was so much excitement do you know, at the end of his presidency, they were more in bondage than before. That was why Donald Trump, physically speaking, we know God appointed who he had to appoint. But that was why Donald Trump, it was a, it was a reaction. At the end of the day, they were more in bondage than before. They didn't get richer. Their poverty did not ease. Do you know why? They said, in Barack Obama, is salvation. And the Lord said, no. Only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. And Barack Obama got up, sold his soul before that apparently to Satan. Yeah, that's what he did. Sold his soul to Satan and began to advance the cause of Satan. And my friend said something. Let me say something to you. I told you, Satan is very terrible. His cause always looks reasonable. My friend said something. I have a beautiful, a good friend here in America. He said something to me. He said, when he described the issue of racism and all of that in the United States, which I don't take seriously anyway, do you know why I don't? You want to tell me why I don't? Why? Okay, the blacks and say are also racist, that is true. But I'm talking from a Nigerian perspective. There's tribalism, that is true. But let me tell you why I don't take them seriously. They will complain racism, they inside their father's house to get a visa to America. You don't believe it. So for me, it's not serious. I'm not saying it's not there, but it's not a serious matter. Let's just say, let's just have fun. Let's, you know, we're just talking. That's my reason. But let, let me not miss the point I want to make. So he said that, when he described all those issues of racism and everything, he now said, Banky, this is while the black Christians, listen to this, hold their noses and vote for Obama. You know what that means? If you know the way, the, the, the idiomatic expression there, that they hold their noses and vote for Obama. What's the point? That they know the man smells. Morally, they despise his policies. So they will just close their noses anyway. That's what they mean. So you see the, a massive following from the church. Even though he didn't mince words. I watched the interview when... Um, Requiring. 
Before that first election, when Rick Warren interviewed him, I watched the interview. And there was no hiding his opinion on, on abortion, on homosexuality, because this man had a set of questions that he presented to him and presented to the other man who's dead now. Um, or, eh? McCain, John McCain, about life, about life. When does it start? McCain said, from, from conception. And the whole church erupted. He didn't hide it, but Christians massively supported him. The truth is that at that time, I probably, as a Nigerian, not knowing what's, what's going on, would probably have supported. In fact, we had an argument. One brother said, this is wrong. I said, I disagree with you. We had a serious disagreement about, well, of course, just exchanging opinions. Now, why should the church not have supported somebody like that? Let me tell you my point. They supported him primarily because of race. They did. Okay? Except that, listen to what I'm talking about, Satan, now. No matter what somebody promises you, if he doesn't give you the fear of God, he's sending you into bondage. So a man who doesn't fear God can't promise you anything. A slave master that teaches Bible in his house is better. I know what I'm telling you. The blacks will have advanced better if they didn't vote for him. Why? Because salvation is not with any man. It's with God. So if you turn your back deliberately on God looking for salvation, you go into bondage. That's the way it works. You know, a scripture hit me this morning in my house. Shortly after I arrived, I just dropped my bag. I needed to go out to pick my car keys. I was thinking about some things. Then you know what? A scripture hit me. Do you know I said, wow! Say he has hidden wisdom. For what? The upright. How do we interpret it? This interpretation that if you are upright, God will show you things that other people don't know. Is that not so? Do you know I found out that's not what he was saying? I found out this morning. I preached the other one before, for a long time, until this morning. He said he has hidden wisdom for the upright. That is, when the upright is doing what is wise, even he does not know. He's just obeying God. I don't know whether you caught that. That is, for example, he says... Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and all of that. No one hates his own body but nourishes and cherishes, you know, all of that. You know what he's saying? He's not explaining to you how it works. You do it simply because he said so. And when you have done it, the world will look and say, man, you were wise. Did you catch that? It is not as if he's showing you one wisdom. No. Obedience to him is the wisdom. The result of it is the world looking and saying, oh boy, you get sense, oh. And you will say, no. Nobody say I get sense. It's not like I have sense. I just obeyed the Lord. Do you get my point? That is, that, that is the wisdom. You know, we think that, okay, if you are upright, God will not show you. This is how to do it. No. What is saying that you just obey him? That is the hidden wisdom in his word. Are you getting my point? Is wisdom. His word is wisdom. So if, if everybody says, do it this way, and you're able to ta- find out how, what the scripture says, even though it looks foolish, it says it's wiser than that of men. Did you catch what I'm going to say? So it's not as if you know that it's more reasonable, or you can see the dynamics. No. The only reason you are doing it is because your name is Mr. Upright, 
And Mr. Upright obeys the Lord. Obedience to God is wisdom. So when people see it, they will look at it as if you knew what you were doing. Let me give you an example. The most shakari and prosper so much, people called him to decide. I said, oh boy, tell us the truth. There's something you know we don't know. Who's your secret advisor? They said, there has to be somebody advising you. Your ability to pick the best bulls is, there's, is out of this world. He never knew whether the bulls were good or bad. He bought them only because when he was doing full gospel business, men fellowship meeting, the people are just sitting down. So he would just look. People are sitting down like this. What they used to do is call you to testify. So he would just look. And how did he used to know who to call to testify? He doesn't know your name. Well, he may know your name, but he doesn't know your life. doesn't know the story. He would just look. As looking over the hall, somebody would be glowing. As if the person has light around him. It was a spiritual manifestation, like a descending of spirit of some sort, or more like word of wisdom. So just say, okay, uh, brother, come, please. Um, we believe that you have a testimony for us. And you two, you just, uh, why did he call me? All right. Then you now remember, there's a story you actually want to share. You share the story, you go and see that everybody is blessed. He looks again. He sees somebody at the back. He calls the person. Why? Because the person is glowing. So the Holy Spirit picks who we speak. Then when he goes to farm, to their, to, to their affairs, when they buy, what they do is they buy bulls. Now, the idea is that the bull will fertilize as many cows as possible. And hopefully we pass on a number of traits. Ability to resist disease, milk production, you know, fast growth and all of those things. So they say they will look for a bull from that lineage. And then they will prize it high. That this one, look, in Mama, they born three at a go. So this bull is from a good family, you know, that kind of thing. That uh, the sisters can produce milk and they know they die. They check all of this for a generation or two and put a price tag, $10,000, which was very high. So you buy one, put it amongst your cows. It's not the bull itself, it's the offspring you are looking out for. Then Moshakarian will get there and he also looks at the cows without looking at the price tags. What is he looking for? The one that glows. Just like the men that will glow during his full gospel business, men fellowships meeting. So I was just going to just see a cow that see there's light on it. He looks around. It's not the sun. He's glowing unusual. He's the only one that will see it. So say, give me that one. They will say, oh, God, leave that one. It's not very good. Why? Can you see the price? $750. If he's so good, why are they saying $750? So that's the one I want. He says, sir, I'm, I'm a specialist, all right? I'm a zoologist with specialization in cowology, you know? <laughs> I'm a bovine zoologist. So pick this one. The man will say, no, this is the one I want. So he's a foolish man. He will buy it. Then they watch it over the next few years. My God. That animal turns out to be very strong. All the children, strong. Producing milk, you know, at high capacity. This kept on going on. After a while, they called him and said, come. There must be something you know. That we don't know. You have a secret advisor. You've done your research. You now come here as if uh, you're just coming normally. You understand? Just come like an ordinary person. Tell, he said, no. That's, they suddenly realized, no, okay, okay, I actually have a secret advisor. Tell us. He said, well, this is my advisor. Let me just warn you ahead. He knows all the cows. Knows all the bulls. Knows them more than, ah. Is he a professor in Harvard? You know? 
He did, he did cow genetics. They were thinking. So actually, he made all the cows. He said, we don't get it. He's the creator of the universe. Nonsense. You know, like rubbish. Now, did, are you catching that scripture? So when he says he has hidden wisdom, it's not as if Demo Shakaran knows more than them. But he learned obedience. So that's obedience. Now manifests as what? Wisdom. When God wants to bless you, let me tell you the truth. It's only after the blessing you will have an explanation, which is really wrong anyway. You see what I say? It's after the blessing has manifested, you now have an explanation. Like I said, which is really wrong. Because you are telling a story of what happened. It may not happen in my life like that. With the same blessing. That's the point I'm making. I hope you're following my point here. So when it's a secret hidden wisdom. Now back to the point I was making. So, human wisdom, like, vote for the black man, he will liberate you. God says, the one who fears the Lord shall be praised. Follow the man who fears God. Whether he looks white, black, purple, yellow, green, does not matter. Because true freedom is in the establishment of righteousness. My brethren did not agree. Eight years after, they were more bound than before. Is that not why they shouting, Black Lives Matter? They now got a president who didn't care. They now Trump. Didn't hide his own things. They had only one black man in his cabinet. He didn't hide it. But again, I want to tell them that, yet he advanced, they don't realize it. But do you know he actually truly advanced freedom more than the man that was there for eight years before him? People just don't, you, you, you won't connect it. It will take time because these things are spiritually determined. The Lord is good. My time has kind of gone, so. <laughs> Why did I say that? The issue that the people thought that a human being was deliverance. God said, I have sworn by myself. The word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. I've said that to me every knee will bow, every tongue will swear allegiance. They will see of me only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. You know, the deliverance for every tribe in Nigeria, you know where it's found? Only in the Lord, only in Christ. Unity for Nigerians, you know where it's found? Only in Christ. You know, I thank God for people like Pastor Courage and um, Dr. Fagbemi and Co. Who I met and and all the people that work with them. Because they just made up their minds. What's our assignment? We just put the knowledge of Christ into this place. How will God do his thing? It's his problem. No problem has been shared. We have our own problem. How will we do these things? You know, how many people know how long slavery lasted? Institutionalized slavery between, especially in the, West, in the Western world, that is, I'm talking about Europe and America. Do you know how long it lasted? Huh? All right. So, four, five hundred years. Four hundred years, five hundred years. Do you know one day it ended? Yes. William Wilberforce, for the Europeans, just rose up one day and said, no, this is wrong. And that's, they began to dismantle slavery. In America also, a president came into office and said, it's enough. And the southern states said, no, we need the slave labor. 
which actually was not true. All right? If, you, if they didn't have the slave labor, they would have mechanized quicker. All right? And they would have mechanized quicker. That's one thing about hidden wisdom we're talking about. If you are upright and are just gone, then you will have discovered the wisdom in what God said. So they fought the American Civil War, and a million lives were lost, white people mostly. And according to scripture, but using the words of Abraham Lincoln, it was God exacting payment for the injustice done over many years. What am I saying so? Some of the most formidable things you have seen in this life today, one day, not two days, one day, will disappear. This is the word of God I'm giving you. Don't be scared of Islam. I don't care how long it has lasted. There's what they call the day of the vengeance of God. He will just rise up and end it. It will be like a joke. Don't be afraid of terrorists and um, Islamic fundamentalists. The day God is going to end it, like this, it will just go. See all these um, headsmen attack banditry in Nigeria. The day it will stop, you will just be amazed that ah, this thing used to happen. And children that are being born now, they will grow up and not know it. Oh, they're already being born. They will grow up and not know. You'll be telling them stories. You'll be like, eh? People actually do that. They're very wicked, though. It will be so difficult for them to relate with. God is good. Let's read this scripture and then we'll close. Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. I want to read it from New King James. There's a reason why. There's a word I'm looking for in verse 3. It's a beautiful expression. I'm going to read it from New, uh, New King James Bible. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Now everybody, please, if you have a new King James, or King James itself, whichever one you have, that goes with this, I would like you to read. All right? If you have a new King James, put up your hand, please. Everybody has everything these days. We thank God, though. Who said we shouldn't use 5G? We will use 7G because this technology is too good. <laughs> okay, everybody open to New, New King James, please. All right? Now, if you don't have a, a New King James, please read King James or any other Bible. I want all of us to read together. We are reading verse 2 and verse 3. If you are ready, say amen. amen. One, two, let's go. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Read the last two lines, that's verse 3 again. One, two, let's go. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Please read it one more time. You think they sweet me. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. One more time, please. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. That's the scripture. I wanted us to start today with. I won't start preaching now. I just wanted us to read it. We've been talking about intercession by faith. Remember that. So next time, hopefully, I'll pick it up from there. 
intercession by faith. What is faith? Faith is something everybody has that is loosely speaking. But when the Bible uses the word faith, it's describing one particular type of faith. And that is faith in God, the Father of our Lord Jesus. I said last time, that, or at the beginning, that the sign of faith is what? Can you remember? One sign of faith we discussed two, the first day of this series, the third day. The first day of this series. Hope, thank you. I said it's hope. The sign of faith is hope. Hope I explained is, what are you expecting? Not a wish. Many people are praying, we say, interceding for this nation. They are not expecting anything. They join the church to pray, but they are not expecting anything. Their prayers are ineffective because it's a fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. It's a prayer offered in faith, James said. All right? We save the sick. The prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And we say hope is a manifestation of faith. It is not as if there is hope. You go and put faith to give it substance. People often say that, but it's not really very accurate. What the Bible actually says is that when you find hope, it is because there is faith. That you can't have hope except you have faith. It's not wish, not desire. It's expectation. What am I expecting? Why am I expecting Isaac? Because I heard God say, Sarah will indeed bear you a child. I believed God and it was accounted to me for righteousness. So I went around calling myself father of many nations. That's hope. I have expectation. Now, for you to be able to intercede appropriately, effectively, for your intercession to be effective, you must be what the Bible calls in Zechariah chapter 9, I think, a prisoner that has hope. Do you follow my point? Hope is that you expect something to happen. So I'm praying for Enugu. I won't say there's crisis. Let it go down before I buy my land. In the midst of crisis, where the land is cheap, I will buy Do you follow my point? Why? It's an expression of faith. It's an expression of faith. Many people are running away with their money because there's a lot of crisis in Nigeria. Those who are praying for Nigeria, if you have money, buy stock. If these banks are selling, these telecom companies, then go to the refinery, here's the stock market, buy it. Now, please get my point. The way Christians reason is different. The way we reason. Your own buying is not the willingness to acquire wealth. It's a sign that you are praying and you expect God to do something. Do you follow my point? All right. It's important. Now, so faith, what is that faith about? That's what I want to know. I'm, I'm staying up faith in the heart of intercessors. Why did I read this? The Lord is a man of war. I want to establish that. He's terrible in battle. I need to explain that. One night, some people annoyed him. If you're a wicked soul, you know some people, eh, they will live long in their wickedness. Do you know why? They, they respect God. Like now, some armed robbers now, they are going on the road. They stop, hey you, hey you. Say, are you a pastor? You say yes. They will let you go. They will rob some more. Before God kills them. I'm telling you. They have hope. Now, I'm not saying God will prosper robbery in their hands. Oh. I'm just saying they, are, they won't die immediately. They'll have more chance to repent because something good was found in them because they saw a representative of God and they backed off. I'm not kidding. If that one says, Yama, Yama, man, we can. He slapped the man of God. You don't die now. 
No, God takes disrespect towards him very seriously. Why did I say that? So one man, Senacherib, one day, he now woke up. Because he had got so much victory, <laughs> he now came to Judah. Built a siege around Jerusalem. They now, showed, they now wrote letters to Ezekiah. Insulted God. He said, which God are you planning to depend on? It's not this one that Ezekiah removed his high places. He said, okay, okay. Let's even assume that gods are good. The gods of all the nations that have conquered, which one was able to deliver them from my hand? Ah! Who can battle with the Lord? Who can battle? You know that song? You should sing it once in a while. It's important. The guy opened his mouth. He talked, talk, talk. They begged him to shut up. He said, okay, speak to us so that people will... He said, everybody must hear it. Everybody must hear it. It's not all of them. They are going to eat their feces and they are drink their urine. Let, them, let me tell them ahead of time. Now, Ezekiah carried the letter entered the temple. He said, God, see how they abuse you for here. <laughs> you know, Ezekiah... God, um, Isaiah went to Ezekiel and said, God said, don't worry about it. He won't shoot one arrow against this. That is, I will so deal with him. He won't even be able to test one arrow. Somebody say, man of war. Somebody say, man of war. Maybe it's the Lord Jesus himself, or literally an angel. But the word angel in the Bible sometimes is used to describe the Lord. Being one angel, I suspect Jesus took the, took the matter personally. One night, you know how many he killed? 185,000 soldiers of Assyria died in one night. Somebody say man of war. They said there are 30,000 armed bandits in Zizanfara, which governor was complaining. Okay, you didn't hear about it. Okay, uh, okay. Sorry, it was a security man that picked me up part of my trip. We just telling me that the governor was complaining that they have 30,000 armed bandits in one of, one of these states. When you hear it, you first like, God, what's going on? Then my spirit says, relax. 185,000 Assyrian soldiers, professional trained soldiers, God wiped them off in one night. I want, to, I want to explain that to intercessors so that they can have hope. Because sometimes, when people are praying, they are afraid. But I have the word of the Lord for you this evening. Tell your neighbor, fear not. Fear See, there's just no need. Tell the person, tell there's no need. There's no need, there's no need. Why? Who can tell me the reason? For the Lord is a man of war. Let's rest to our feet. He's a man of war. If the Lord allows us, we'll discuss this next time. He's a man of war. He's a man of war. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's just give him thanks. Because he's a man of war. Because he's a man of war. I, I feel like, please, uh, somebody there, repent of grumbling, you know, because of you, we have to do this today. You, Mr. Grumbler, Madam Grumbler, repent, repent, repent. The rest of us, let's give the Lord thanks. Let's give the Lord thanks. Because we're on the side of the Lord, the man of war. The man of war. That's, that's what I wanted to teach this evening, but things went the way it did. The man of war. The man of war. Let's exalt him as the man of war. He is a man of war. 
Please, let's read it again. Open your Bibles again to that, uh, that uh, Exodus chapter 15. I want us to declare from that verse 2 again. Now, let's start from verse um, second part of verse 1. I'm going to read, and then you will read, we'll read all the way down to verse, um, verse 13. Are you ready? I'll read the first line there. All of us will read from that to verse 13. Remember, if you have a King, new King James, preferentially pick that. Or just for, for the sake of uh, united reading, that's all. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, want to, let's go. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Verse 4. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Verse 6. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters are gathered together. The floors stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. Verse 9. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Ten, you blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Eleven, who is like you, O Lord, amongst the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. Father God, we give you praise. Because indeed you are great. And you are worthy to be praised. There is no one like you. Amongst all the gods of this earth, there is none like you. You are the deliverer. You are the helper. You are the defense. You are the keeper. Man, these are the names of God, though. Please, people, wake up in the morning and just ascribe greatness to the Lord. Say to him, he is my keeper. Psalm 121 is one thing. I think in my house we'll probably chant that thing more than 20 times in a month. Psalm 121. Say, my help comes from the Lord, who made the heaven and the earth. He will not suffer, will not allow my foot to be moved. He said, he who keeps me does not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. The sun shall not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve me from all evil. He shall preserve my soul. The Lord shall preserve my going out and my coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. That's how we read it. And I want you to read it like that. Open to it too, everybody. Again, professionally, let's use that New King James. If you see, as I was going on, I was personalizing it. So we're going to do that together now. Please do these things every day. Please. Please. Take your medicine. What did I say? Take your medicine. It's important. 
it's important. Are you there? From verse 2. One to let's go. That comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow my foot to be moved. Remember, personalize it. Let's start verse 3 again. He will not allow my foot to be moved. He who keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. The sun shall not strike me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve me from all evil. He shall preserve my soul. The Lord shall preserve my going out and my coming in, in this time forth and forevermore. Amen. That's your portion in Jesus' name. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you'll be kept by the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's give it all thanks. Take a minute and just say thank you any way you like it.